Konnichiwa, Nihon Cricket Pod to Yokoso. Hello and welcome to the latest Japan Cricket Podcast episode. Lots to get through, so I'll just get straight on with it, shall I? Summer has hit Japan pretty hard in the last couple of weeks, and we're going from games being in danger from rain to in danger of just being too damn hot to play. A case of out of the swimming pool into the fire, which definitely isn't the saying. As always, I'll quickly recap the JCL Division 1 Round 6, which was completed last weekend. And if it's thrills you're after, then look no further than the cheapest Sharks, who for a second match in their last three took things right to the wire in a ridiculously tight finish against Wyverns. After being 84 for 7, the Sharks mounted a recovery of sorts thanks to a career best 45 from Rui Matsumura, which dragged them to 135 all out, which shouldn't really have been enough. At 72 for 2, the Wyverns were in total control. And even at 123 for 6 in the 31st over, they needed just 13 runs with plenty in hand. However, somehow the game went to the 37th over as the Sharks put the squeeze on and Hamid Batcher with 4 for 22 got them home by a meagre 2 runs. A much needed win for the Sharks and a significant blow for the Wyverns. On the same day, the Tokyo Wombats continued their resurgence by causing a significant upset against the Max Crew Club. Serial run scorer Alex Shirai Patmore led the way once again with an unbeaten 118, his second hundred of the season. Supported by Zubair Bappi with 80 as the Wombats made 274 for 5. Max never really came close in the chase, they finished 194 all out after 32.3 overs. So the Wombats just missed out on the bonus point, but won by a hefty 80 runs. The following weekend there was another nervy win. This time the Alpha Quashers, who edged over the line in the chase of 172 against Sano CC. The home side had a maiden half-century from Reo Sakurano, as well as Kazumasa Hilatsuka. And thanks to those, they posted a score which was vaguely competitive, uh, and they were restricted mainly by Gurman Singh, who took 5 for 28 for the Quashers. Gurman was there at the end, with just 8 balls and 2 wickets to spare, but it was the work of Nanda Rangasami, who made 50 in the middle, uh, that ultimately got the better of Sano and moved the Quashers into the top 4. In the top of the table clash between Tokyo Rangers and the men in blue, it was the newly promoted side who came out smiling after winning by just 9 runs. A first innings total of 212 looked about par for the Rangers, but on a day where no batters were able to pass 50, it was just enough. Malith Naranjan was probably the difference between the sides. He smacked 43 off 18 balls at the end of the Rangers innings, and then came out to take 4 for 47 with his left arm darts. All that means that the Rangers remain unbeaten and are back at the top of the table in the title challenge that is now gathering serious momentum. In Division 2, there was a century for Saifuddin Raj as the MIB 2nd 11 turned over the KKR 1st 11, a defeat that KKR will hope doesn't derail their chances of promotion this season. Although they were cheered by the top of the table, Alpha Quash's seconds getting turned over by the Tokyo Rangers seconds, who moved third in the table. In Division 3, there was a shock result as previously bottom Adoray knocked off top of the table Tigers for just 120 and chased it down with four wickets to spare to earn a bonus point. Great result for Adoray. The Japan Cup continues apace with a number of teams still unbeaten. Last year's winners, the Tuskers, are 3 from 3 in East Kanto, whilst the Tigers are the same in South Kanto and Tokyo Rhinos likewise in the West. Kyoto Super Lions are 4 from 4 in the Kansai Top Division, which is matched by Kawasaki Knight Riders in Tokai. North Kanto looks the most competitive, with the Sultans of Japan sitting top with 2 wins from 3. In the Japan Women's Cricket League, there were 2 wins for the Sendai University team playing their first ever matches in the competition beating the women's teams from both Adare and Kawasaki Knight Riders respectively. Although our best wishes go out to Akari Kano, who suffered a nasty injury in the second of those matches, and we hope that she recovers quickly. Well, in keeping the theme of women's cricket and following on from the last episode, I have another member of the Japan women's squad joining me this week. 
Right. I first met Maya Yanagida back in 2014 when she was pretty new to the group and making her way in the game. And her journey has been a really interesting one. And this was a chat which reminded me of how great it is that cricket is changing the lives of people in somewhere like Japan. We recorded this way back in March when Maya was still in Sydney. She returned shortly afterwards and has been named in the Japan Women's Squad after a one year absence. And those who follow the JCA social feeds will also have seen that Japan will host the 2022 Women's East Asia Cup down in Kaizuka later this year. International travel depending, of course. So sit back and enjoy this chat. I'd like to take the chance to welcome my next guest, a player who has captained Japan on numerous occasions. She has played for Japan, according to my records, 49 times. Uh, she's played all over the world. She made her debut way back in 2011. Um, she's currently playing out in Sydney. Although by the time this episode airs, I think you'll be back in Japan. But Mai Yanagida, welcome onto the Japan Cricket Podcast. Thank you for having me, Adam. It's been a while. It has been a while. So it's great to see you looking so healthy and uh, you're out in Sydney in the sunshine whilst I'm sat in Sano in the cold winter months. <laughs> How's it all going out there? Yeah, it's a little bit like a wet summer, so a bit like rain a lot. But yeah, it's been all good. Yeah, great. And you've been playing a fair bit of cricket out in Sydney? Yeah, I enjoy playing every Sunday. Brilliant. Well, look, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get back to that in, in a minute. But um, for a start, I'd like to just begin with your background and uh, your, your upbringing. So can you tell the listeners uh, where you were born and, and uh, what it was like growing up there? Um, yeah, uh, I was born in Kanagawa Prefecture, so next to Tokyo. And grew up in Tokyo, Kanagawa area. So yeah, pretty much in the city. So what are your earliest memories of growing up around there? I mean, being a, a city girl must have been quite, um, you know, Tokyo is one of the biggest cities in the world. Must be quite a, a fun yeah. place to grow up. Yeah. So, so I was born in Kanagawa, but soon moved to Tokyo. But like in my area, there's still some nature around. So I like, yeah, I love uh, explore those like nature with my friends and brothers. Okay. You mentioned your brothers. So, so how many siblings do you have brothers and sisters or just brothers? Uh, yeah. So I have a two brothers, uh, older and younger one by two years. Okay, cool. And yeah. what sports did you play as a child? Were you always excited by sport? Yeah, I did swimming for six, seven years when I was younger. And also I played a lot of uh, football and baseball with my brothers. We play a lot on the, like the street in front of my house. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and are your brothers still involved in sport now? Do they still play just socially or? Um, they played baseball and then I think my younger ones still play baseball sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, um, moving on from your sort of early days, what about university? Where did you go? And what did you study? Um, so I went to the Waseda University in Tokyo and I studied uh, media, culture and society. Mm. So it was quite. Yeah, interesting. And so that's then taken you to where you are now. So can you tell us a little bit about what your job is, where you work and, and tell us a little yeah. bit about how you've ended up in Sydney? Yeah, so it's a bit different like it's a lot different from what i studied at uni so i'm in it industry and i work as a it sales consultant 
And so I work for the company called Hitachi and then I started working for Hitachi after graduating from uni for like five, six years. And then I currently working for Hitachi Australia, their branch. So yeah, it's been like amazing experience so far. So you're obviously very good English speaker. Did you learn your English at school, at university, or have you picked it up later on? Um, so like I didn't study abroad for like, I didn't. So I think, yeah, I pick, pick up a lot of like English from like cricket, like probably from like you or like a lot of good Australian yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Okay, well, bring us into cricket then. How did you first hear about this? Yeah, so I started in uni. So I said at university, there's, uh, we had a, uh, where the Wyburn Creek Club uh, was established. And yeah, so I was looking for like some sports that I wanted to like start from uni. And like cricket was one of them. So yeah, I was just hurt. Like cricket is kind of like a baseball, but it's like goes like 360 degrees baseball kind of thing. (laughs) And what was your, what was your first impression when you actually went and played for the first time? Can you remember? Um, yeah. So the first time I played, like I did a little batting and it's like, so I used to play softball. So it's kind of like, but it's like a bigger than softball and it's like felt so good to like hitting balls. So I just like love it instantly. Yeah. Great. Um, can you remember your first game, your first like, official game? Um, yeah, I think, uh, that was a women's, women's league in Sano, like just after like I think it like one or two weeks after started like uh playing cricket straight like, in the i didn't even know yeah like the exact rule but like everyone said oh you you'll be fine so <laughs> yeah <laughs> and was and obviously i'm assuming that you had a positive experience from that because you kept playing afterwards yeah yeah i just love i mean like I think I made like only like a few runs in my first game, but I just love like fielding and like with, you know, a lot of like teammates and yeah, that's a cool experience. Yeah. you find it was a good community to come into and Wyverns, especially as a club built around yeah. the university, you've got the boys and the girls. So did you find it was like yeah. a good friendly community that, that helped you to meet yeah. a lot of new people? Yeah, they, yeah, they're so welcoming and so friendly and like boys, like, uh, females and men's like train together and yeah. And also we are like kind of strongest team in Japan. So yeah, I think I picked right team. Yeah. You, you played for Wyvern's women all the way through, right? You were still playing for them yeah. up until a year or two. Yeah. But you've, you've played for a different couple of different clubs. In the men's game, right? You've actually played quite a lot of men's cricket in Japan. Yeah. How, how did you find that experience? Was it a little bit scary at first, or were you always quite confident that you were good enough to play uh, with with the men? Uh, 
Yeah. So yeah, it's always challenging to play against men. Like, so yeah, at first, like I was really like scared, like to face like that fastball, but it's, it's like, so like good terrain, like. When you're playing against the men, do you find it prepares you for when you go back to play against the girls? You, you've yeah. got a kind of a higher standard. So when you come back to play against the girls, you can use the things that you've learned at that level. Yeah, exactly. Like I, yeah, that like helped me a lot with like improvement. It's like getting used to the speed of the balls and kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I seem to recall, in fact, I'm pretty sure that my last game of cricket in Japan was for the Sano second team under your captaincy where you okay. took, where you took a five for in that game so you were obviously doing the right and sano won the second division that year so yeah yeah that was great yeah, yeah it has to be a bit of a career highlight doesn't it playing um yeah. playing as a girl captaining a men's team and winning a league that's, that's pretty cool yeah yeah, the t all the teammates were so supportive and then it was so much fun. So, yeah, I would love to go back to the men's league as well. Yeah, great. So, I mean, back then, that was all down at sort of Sano River Grounds, right? I mean, you've been involved in Japan yeah. cricket for, for 10 years. And, uh, how have you seen the game change in that time? You know, the, the Sano International Cricket Grounds around now and there's just, just a lot, yeah. there's a lot of cricket happening over the last 10 years. What, yeah. what do you, how do you see that from your perspective? Yeah, I think it's been amazing. Like now we have a turf weekend and you know, that was like, I didn't expect like in the beginning. So, and then I didn't, I haven't seen yet, but there's like a little cafe at the ground. The tea room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I yeah. Feel like that. Yeah. And yeah, and like all the like a stand for the spectators and stuff. It yeah, it's been like a lot of like improvement and like it's been yeah amazing. I think. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been great. And as far as um, the women's game is concerned, it's it's probably not been that improvement. Probably hasn't been as evident. I think um, <laughs> certainly when you came into cricket it was two thousand eleven. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So that was straight off the back of the women winning a bronze medal at the Asian Games. It's kind of the yeah. high point of, of Japan women. Yeah. And it's quite hard, quite a hard bar to, to match that. Mm. Um, but yeah. you have played a few of the J-Bash matches. You played a, a game mm -hmm. under the lights at the Kawasaki ground. What, what was that like? Yeah. Yeah, I quite enjoyed I played the J-Bash. I love the bright color uniform. It exactly looked like a big life. Mm. So, and I love the color tech ground and yeah. Yeah. We're definitely trying to play more games down there over the next few years. Yeah. But for women's cricket, we really want that to be a bit of a, a center because it's a bit easier to yeah. get to. It's a bit of a nicer place to play. Other than the SICG, yeah. so many of the Japan grounds don't have you know, good changing rooms or, or good toilets. Mm -hmm. Whereas at, at Kawasaki, yeah. you've got you know, proper changing rooms with showers and everything. So it's just a bit more suitable and there's a clubhouse with air conditioning and everything. So yeah. I think it's just a more pleasant place for the girls to play and they have the privacy of their, their changing rooms and everything. So hopefully that's um, mm -hmm. made a big difference, but you've been playing cricket out in Sydney. Uh, I imagine it's pretty different yeah. to, to what you've experienced in Japan. How do you, yeah. what are the biggest differences that you've seen that you've experienced? 
Um, yeah, there's uh, lots of differences. Um, yeah, I think the standard of cricket is like so high. Mm. So I play for Gordon Cricket Club in a first grade and like we are in the New South Wales Premier League and like in the first grade, like if there's some like state player or like professional player play for women's big bash. So it's like all the like games was kind of, it's kind of same level. I don't know, but like international matches and mm. I have lights. So yeah. Mm. Lots of learning, you know, great experiences. Yeah. But, and how have you been going? Have you been playing um, as a batter um, as a bowler? Have you been doing it with both? Um, I play mainly as a batter. Like I batted around six. Yeah. Now you mentioned to me when we were preparing for this interview that you were going to be playing at a particularly special ground, which, uh, you did on Sunday. Yeah. So why don't you tell us about that? Yeah. So I play at the Sydney cricket ground. That was like incredible. And it's just after the test match play. as well. Yeah. I went to watch the test cricket like a week before. So it's, <laughs> and like the men's, uh, big bash let's play in the, like the night before. So I kind of like, can't believe like I played SCG and I'm so excited and yeah. It's amazing. It's really similar to, um, yeah. the conversation I had with Erica when she played at Hagley Oval in New Zealand and she was saying like the mm. week before she'd been watching Kate Williamson and Virat oh, yeah. in the test match and you've had the exact same yeah, yeah, experience yeah. at the SCG. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? And like for us, um, you know, we have one really nice ground in Japan at the, at the Sano International Cricket Ground. But I mean, Sydney, I assume is full of beautiful cricket grounds, but the opportunity yeah. to play on a ground with as much history and, you know, as, yeah. as big as well as the SCG, yeah. it must've been kind of strange to be out there in the middle and look around and see the, the famous yeah. stands and the green roof and everything. It must've been really quite, quite cool. Yeah, it's like, and then I was lucky enough to be a captain. Oh, really? The team. Yeah, and I made very note out at SCG, so <laughs> I think I can tell everyone. <laughs> so never been dismissed at the SCG. That must be quite cool. Yeah, yeah the toss and everything as well. Yeah, yeah. No, it's fantastic. I love the toss. Yeah, <laughs> well, can't have everything. <laughs> um, so. With the experience that you've had of, of cricket in Australia and, and the, the 10 years you've had in Japan, how do you think that we can improve women's cricket in Japan? Yeah, that's a good question. And yeah, so I think there are a couple of, uh, approaches that we can take or like the JCA already has done us like, you know, lots of work. So I think, yeah, it's important to recruit like keep recruiting like players or you know it's kind of hard to like um make like female players like get interested in and like you know actually playing in sano or other guriba so yeah i just keep yeah doing what we are doing right now and then like hopefully in like in a few years or like 10 years 20 years and then it's yeah hope it's it's growing bit yeah, by bit. Growing. Yeah. It's one of those things, you know, we, we have to kind of focus on youth and getting girls yeah. playing at school and, and things like that. And mm -hmm. 
that takes a long time, right? You could, they don't, yeah, people don't age quickly just because they're playing. If you're starting playing with eight year olds, um, we've got to wait 10 years before they're, um, up to the kind of standard that we, we want them to be. But, um, you know, I think the idea is that we trying to get girls playing at a, at a young age and then as they start to come into the team, they're supplemented by the experienced players who are really passionate about cricket and have stayed in the game players yeah. like yourself. Um, cause we appreciate particularly, particularly with the girls that there's a lot of players who drop out after university. Um, because they yeah. start their careers and it's very difficult to balance that. But you're a really good example of someone who's been able to balance working mm -hmm. and keep playing yeah. cricket. Um, and it's something that we were talking about before we came on air was the balance mm -hmm. of being able to keep doing both because it is possible. Yeah. There's lots of evidence that shows that people who have play sport and have active social lives actually are happier at work as well um yeah yeah we, we really want to try and make sure that people don't walk away from the game because they yeah. feel they need to commit 100 percent or or nothing um it's mm, it's, it's possible yeah. it's possible to be really committed without giving lots of time yeah that makes sense um yeah people need to be really committed when they're there but you know we appreciate that sometimes work because in the way we're, we're, we're still an amateur yeah. sport and people still have to earn money mm. and pay the rent. So yeah, I think yeah. For us, it's trying to find the balance, but hopefully if we can make the experiences fun, people will want to keep playing, um, yeah. way past uh, the university days. Mm. Okay, cool. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about your international career with Japan because you played a lot. Yeah. Um, when I was going through yeah. the records, you know, you've, you've been involved in every team for yeah, best part of the 10 years. So we mentioned that, um, when you came into the squad, um, when you came, first of all, you came into the squad in your first year of playing cricket, I guess. Um, yeah. cause you were in, in the team in 2011. So what was it like, first of all, getting, getting called up to the national squad for a sport that you'd only just started playing? Yeah, it was kind of like cool and like surprise at the same time, like. So I play softball, so I have a, like a strong arm and I think it was kind of like, uh, I was lucky that at the time, like team won some players that has like a strong arm or like good fielders at the time, you know, so like Emma San, the, the captain at the time, she also, uh, played for white bonds and like, we, I think we like trained together at like. She came to our train, like a uni training and then, yeah, it's kind of like a lot of coincidences, like, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's often how it works, isn't it? It's, you need someone involved from the senior national team to be down in these club yeah. events to, to talent ID players, because uh, that's yeah. how we, we spot, spot talented players. And so I guess you came into that group which was really successful, a group of girls who had just won yeah. medal at the Asian games. What, what was that like, that environment? Was it like quite a high performing group? So you went on your first tour that year, um, in 2011 to Singapore and you just yeah. mentioned Emma Kurubayashi. So your first ever tour to Singapore, Emma scored yeah. the first ever hundred by a Japanese player. Can you remember that? Mm. 
I feel so sorry about that, but I you can't remember. remember until I told you. <laughs> like I remember like what the ground was like or what the weather like or like like I think all other things, but I just like it dropped from my memory. Yeah, well, because you didn't play in that game, but then you did play yeah. the first game of the series, but you did play in the next game. Yeah. So can you remember mm. your first match you're actually playing for Japan? For yeah. The first time? Yeah, I was so nervous, like just being the field, mm. like, yeah, yeah, I also was excited to, yeah, be in the game and I, I don't know it was the first like game I played, but like I bowled. I did ball like one, one over or like in the end. Yeah. So it's like, it's freaking like nervous, but yeah. <laughs> good, a good way to get your first experience. Um, yeah. Was that, yeah. Was that the first time you'd ever left Japan? Um, no, um, I've been to the US, uh, when okay. I was like 14 or 15. Yeah. Just, it was just on a family holiday type thing. Uh, it was kind of a school mm. exchange program for like three weeks. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, yeah, so I mean, you were studying, as you said, sort of media and culture. So it's pretty good that you got to get to uh, do these overseas trips because straight after yeah. coming back from Singapore, your next tour was just a couple of months later to Bangladesh. So yeah. <laughs> what is that like? Yeah, so again, I was like, I was still like, yeah, like couldn't believe I'm in the like Japan national team squad and I was like selected for the like workout qualifier, like which is like, you know, super high standard. So yeah, like everything was like, uh, I was in a dream. Yeah. Mm. And what were your memories of, of Bangladesh as a country? I mean, it's obviously I've not been to Bangladesh, but I've been to India and Pakistan, which are very nearby and yeah, it's very, I imagine it's very, very different to Japan. Yeah. It's like definitely my first time to like visit, like, you know, the European country a lot. It's like, I only been to the U.S. before, so, mm. um, yeah. Developing like, countries real high up now, right? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's like, a, I remember there's lots of people, like when we are on the bus and like, just go, going to the ground, there's like a, there's like a petrol car like in front of our bus and like in the back as well. So we are like quite, quite like protected. Yeah. It's kind of like a cool experience. Yeah. You're feeling a bit like celebrities. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So that was a world cup qualifier, uh, and you played some, yeah. some big teams in that tournament. You played against the West yeah. Indies and I had a look at the scorecards and Stephanie Taylor was playing in that game. She took five wickets in that game. Yeah. Uh, Deandre Dalton was playing that. Did you? Was at that point in your career, you, did you know much about those sorts of players or was it kind of, you just turn up on a day and, and you're playing against, they're just, it's just another group of 11 players. Yeah. So I remember we did some like research and like what type of, like what kind of players in like NH team with like group work. So like, I imagine there's like lots of like, you know, um, high skilled player in the game but yeah like after like just uh started the tournament and and then yeah being involved and then the kind of like getting like 
knowing and like realizing uh, it's like a real cricket tournament mm-hmm. with like very high standard. Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, some of those players, I mean, Stephanie Taylor, within 12 months of that tournament, I think she was the number ranked, number one ranked bowler mm. in the world. So, you know, yeah. she's, she's going pretty well. And I guess at that point, women's cricket wasn't as visible as it is now. So now doing research on those players is so much easier because there's, you know, yeah. there's a, you know, there's international tournaments all on TV. And so when you're playing against yeah. them, it's easy to know a bit more about them and perhaps Perhaps from your point of view, maybe it was better going into that tournament, not knowing too much about them because like that would be scary. But that tournament finished um, with a game against Zimbabwe, uh, which Japan won. So can you remember much about that game? Yeah. So as I said, like uh, I played like the first three games and like knew it's like, oh, it's going to be like a, it's been like a tough or difficult for us to win the game so it's yeah I was so happy that we won the last game against Zimbabwe yeah I still remember that yeah it was I mean it's great those kind of tournaments uh, they are hard having been to an under-19 world cup where we didn't win a game you know I I know the experience of of being in the group and and seeing how disheartened people can get when you have sort of some quite heavy defeats but I guess when you win that game at the end it means everyone goes home happy and, and beating a team like Zimbabwe, yeah. which is a, a massive, you know, cricketing nation compared to Japan. It must've been really yeah. quite, quite, quite satisfying for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, so in those early games, you said you, you bowled a, a little bit. Um, it seemed from looking at the scorecards that you were probably more of a bowler than a batter to begin with, but you said yeah. now it seems that, uh, you're, you're more of a batter who bowls. Is that, is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. Like, especially in the national team, like there's lots of like, um, experienced butter in the team. So it was, and I was also like, wasn't like my batting skill was like not, not good enough. So, but I've been like, I love budding and I've been training with like, uh, uni and women's league that helped me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So over the next few years, you toured quite a lot, um, went to Vanuatu. You also went to the UK, uh, for another yeah. World Cup qualifier. Um, what, what were those experiences like? And was it, you know, did, did you imagine when you started playing cricket that you'd be getting all of these experiences to travel the world? No, uh, yeah. So that's been so cool that like, I was be able like to visit all those like country that like which I didn't even know that name for like some the country. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's been like totally like changed my life. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And that's, that's exactly what we want cricket to do, right? The JCA's mission is to enrich yeah. people's lives through the game of cricket. And yeah, it's great to, yeah. to hear your stories about how, how cricket has been able to do that for you. Um, yeah. So by 2014, which is when I arrived in Japan, um, you were an established player in the women's team by then. Um, and then in 2015, you actually started opening the batting, uh, you became captain that year as well. That was a big change, um, in sort of your role in the team. How did you find all of that? Yeah. Cause you were still quite young. Yeah. You were only what? Yeah. Two. Yeah. So it's kind of like a middle age, like 
in our team. So yeah, in the year, there's yeah, a lot of changes. Like, uh, when I started working as well, mm, yeah. so, so yeah, it's, it's kind of like, at first I was like, not the confidence, like, am I like, am I like good enough to be a captain or good enough to be able to water or some kind of things, but. I also like, I uh, did a captain with my uni team or, and then I love like thinking of like tactics things or like how we develop like plays kind of things. So yeah, it's, yeah, I thought it's like, it's going to be like challenging, but it's good, like definitely a good experience for me. So yeah. And I think it's really brave that at a time when a lot of girls, as we mentioned before, are, are quitting sport at the end of their uni. Yeah. You're doing the opposite. You're taking on more responsibility, becoming captain and saying, yeah. well, I'm going to take this team yeah. forward. Um, and especially, I know that it was a tough time because a lot of the players from 2010 who had had success at the Asian Games wanted to play in the 2014 tournament. You all went to Incheon, um, were put straight into the quarterfinals. Um, yeah. and had to sit around for the best part of 10 days before you had a game and, and then, yeah. and then lost out to China in the first match you played, whereas China had yeah. played three games and we were nicely warmed up. And then a lot of those players said, okay, that that's me done. And so suddenly in 2015, it's a really different yeah. looking team and a lot of the experience yeah. was gone and, and sort of you're the new captain for a new group. So, you know, yeah. it, it must, looking back at it now, it must have been really tough with the responsibility yeah. coming to, to bring new players, um, forwards, mm. but you still had, um, some, some decent success over those couple of years. And I mean, you know, the last tournament the women played was 2019. That's because it's because of the pandemic, mm. we haven't had anything and, and you were still captain then. Yeah. So, so that's, you know, five years of, of captaincy that you've done, but I guess the 2017 East Asia cup mm. was perhaps yeah. the best tournament personally, and maybe as a captain as well, um, in those three mm. matches, you, you averaged 33 in that tournament, um, yeah. like, taking us to the final. Uh, do you remember much about that tour? Yeah, I remember. It's like, since I became a captain and I did like opening bat and, you know, it's kind of as a captain that like, you want to lead a team, like with my performance, that could be like, you know, uh, Set an example for yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, in the tournament, yeah, my batting was quite good. So, I was like comfortable and confident. So, yeah, I just like uh, disappointed because uh, we lost the final against Hong Kong. Yeah. So, but okay. yeah. But you still got MVP in that final. So it's unusual for a player to get uh, MVP from the losing side. So it showed how well you were playing. What I remember from that tournament, because I was there as, as yeah. I was there with you guys as well. I remember you kept getting out in really weird ways. You kept making runs. Mm. I remember one time you got yeah. caught off someone's boot. You, you hit the ball really hard and it hit someone's foot and flicked up and someone caught it. Yeah. I think yeah. another time you mm. got a really freak run out. Uh, maybe at the non-scrappers yeah. end, you, like you kept finding really odd ways to get out when you were doing really well. <laughs> and if those didn't happen, you could, you could have made some properly big scores. So that's, that's my memory of that tournament. Um, you, rem you, rem 
better than me. <laughs> um, well, I, I watched a lot of cricket. Um, yeah. The, I mentioned the last tournament the women played was 2019. Again, that was the East Asia Cup. Um, and yeah. actually, Japan beat Hong Kong in that tournament. Uh, it was mm. the first time we'd ever beaten them. Uh, you were still captaining and you actually was a, a nervous run chase, just trying to chase down about 90 yeah. odd. And again, you were not out mm. at the end. Um, I looked at the scorecard, yeah. you're 18 not out. C can you remember that game? And can you remember the feelings from afterwards? Yeah, I remember. I, but I didn't know, like, we haven't been Hong Kong before. So I, I knew it like after the game and so, oh, didn't know that. It's, you know, it's always like, we are like aiming to, uh, win the tournament. So then, yeah, just, yeah, Hong Kong is a pretty good team. So just happy to beat them. Yeah. Cool. So looking ahead, rather than looking back, what do you think the future holds for the Japan women's team? So we've got, um. The East Asia Cup is hopefully happening this year. And I, I don't know if you saw yeah. it, but there's been an agreement signed that the East Asia Cup for the women will actually happen every year uh, for the next four years. So the, yeah. there's a tournament guaranteed every year, COVID dependent, of course. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's a good step forward that there's always something for the girls to yeah. be able to plan towards and aspire to? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like it's so grateful that like we play like international matches every year that's that's yeah, a main great thing so yeah that's like motivates us and i like, keep like you know uh training and yeah i think could be a great motivation for us and and what about yourself i mean we mentioned you've been playing for the best part of 10 years you're still young you know, you're not even 30 yet. So what about yourself and your, and your future in cricket? Do you, do you see yourself playing for, for a, a long, a long time still? You're still, still very passionate about cricket. Um, yes. Yeah, so like I've been, uh, playing cricket in Sydney, uh, for a few months now. And it, it's like, yeah, I, and it's like I've been enjoying so far and I kind of like get back to the feeling where I just started playing. It's just so excited and, you know, so yeah, hopefully like I learn a lot of things in Sydney and yeah, it'd be great if I can get back to the, bring back to the team. Like, yeah, if I be, yeah, selected for the 2022, yeah. Uh, in the future, yeah. I think you've got a shout, Mike. I think you'll, you'll do all right. <laughs> um, all right. Well, look, uh, that, that's all been really, really good to, to chat about. I, I tend to finish every podcast with some specific questions, firstly about cricket and then about Japan. So we'll just run through these quickly. Um, can you tell yeah. me the best player you've played with or against? Mm. Um, Meg Lanning. <laughs> yeah, she's um, good. Yeah, it's like the best player in the world. Like, I, we play against, uh, so when I play in Melbourne, uh, for plan, uh, we play against Box Hill where McLennan played and she caught my catch and mid on, mid on. So yeah, I still <laughs> I'm glad about that. remember. 
we didn't even talk about that. So, so when were you out in, in Melbourne? Um, just before graduating from uni, so 2014. And you were in Prague? Yeah, it's like, yeah, for two, like two and a half months. Yeah, cool. Okay. Um, can you tell me the best thing you've ever learned from a coach? Um, back to yourself. Yeah, good. <laughs> Yeah, like when I'm lots of captain, I sometimes be like too nervous or worry think too much. And then the coach just said, mm, back yourself, like you'll be great. Uh, yeah, bring my confidence back. So. Yeah, great. I appreciate it. Uh, what's your career highlight? Um, it's so in 2013, when we uh, play work at qualifying Ireland, I I got a play of the match against Zimbabwe. So like we lost the game, but like this so as we talk about before, like so the last time we won, so at the time oh I wanted to play the game next time. So I've been trying hard and then like and I got like four wickets you in took, that game. You took four for six in that game. I saw the scorecard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good game. Yeah, good good like, yeah. And is there any loss that's, that you remember vividly that still still annoys you? Um, yeah, a couple of, like you mentioned in Asian games in, in, in China that like, mm. I was really like looking forward to like play at the, you know, Asian games, but like we'd lost, uh, just play for one games, you know, that's yeah. it. Yeah. It's been really frustrating. Um, yeah. <laughs> you've played a few different formats, right? So what format are you playing at yeah. Sydney? I, we play both 2020 and, uh, one day. And what's your favorite? Um, I prefer one day because you know, it gives me a lot of like more time to bat. More time for, yeah, to bat and ball. So, yeah. Yeah, cool. Um and do you have a favorite teammate? Someone that you really enjoy playing with? You know, as a former captain, competent like any favorite. <laughs> but, like I always enjoy playing <laughs> like with Miranda. Yeah. Like we yeah, we started at the same timing and then always like fun play with and against. So yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. Um, I was gonna. My next question is uh, one that you may have already achieved. I was gonna say, is there anyone you'd particularly? Sorry, is there any place that you'd particularly like to play? Um, having just played at the SCG, uh, you've kind of ticked that box. Yeah, yeah. I want to play. Uh, the country I've never been to, like India or South Africa, West Indies. Mm. Yeah, great. Somewhere I want to play. And you've, like, as we say, you've traveled quite a lot. Do you have a favorite place where you've watched cricket? Because I know that you've been and watched quite a lot as well. Yeah. I watched the World Cup in 2015 in Australia. And like, I went, like, I went to watch some games in. MCG and I also went down to Tasmania to watch your one game. Yeah, cool. I love the ground. Like it's kind of a little bit small, smaller, but like, it's so like closer to the players. 
like the field. So I love the ground. Have you been out to the North Sydney Oval? I've been there, but haven't like watched any game. I mean, yeah, so I, I quite, yeah. When I was in Sydney, this is a long time ago now, which is like 2008, nine. I, I spent a bit of time in Sydney and like the place I was staying, you could actually walk to the North Sydney Oval and I went yeah. and watched the game there and they've got the grass bank and the, the ground, the pavilion is modeled on the SCG pavilion. So it's like a mini version of the SCG, oh, yeah. but where you're sitting on a grass bank and it honestly feels like you're so close. You kind of feel like you're yeah. in the covers. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Is there one innings or bowling performance? that you've seen played by someone else that you wish you could play yourself? Uh, that's an interesting question. I, uh, I haven't like think, yeah. I get, I, lots of different any, I get a lot of different answers to this. Sometimes you get people talking yeah. about things they've seen on TV, but other times yeah. like, uh, Vashanthan last year he he talked about just uh, one of the games that he played with his teammates in japan uh, one of his one of his yeah. mates took took four wickets at the end and won the game so i wish that was me you know kind of thing yeah um it, it's not the straight answer but i haven't uh played uh budded in the super over. yeah okay so that's an experience yeah, so like, yeah, that'd, be, that'd be quite fun okay i've got some japan specific questions um, which I like to finish off with. So what's your favorite thing about Japan? I guess I should ask you, what do you miss most since you're away from Japan? Of course, um, Japanese food is, is, you know, probably the best. I'll also, um, they been in Australia for a while and then realized how good the trans fabric transport is. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'll say fabric transport. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Is there any place in Japan that any visitor must go to? It's in my hometown, um, in, in Setagayaku. Uh, there's a park called Todoroki Keikoku. So it can be like a Todoroki Valley, like rabbit. It's like a beautiful place. And you can't imagine like you're in Tokyo. It's like so beautiful and peaceful. So yeah, that's my recommendation. I have not been there. So I'll put that on my list. Mm, you should have. Yeah. Um, you mentioned food a minute ago. What is your favorite food? Um, if I ask what I miss the most, and then I would say, when I do Yeah. So eel, <laughs> eel ball, like yeah, there's okay. like eel points in me, but it's like, it's yeah. Not the same, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and is there any Japanese food? that uh you recommend people stay away from anything that you think is really horrible because there is some pretty funky stuff that gets eaten in japan um yeah uh it's not horrible but i don't really like the like uh fish fishable fish page stuff like yeah okay one -one. yeah yeah it's yeah. like i love sashimi and fish but uh, you know it's that please not the kind like... of gunky stuff yeah yeah Okay. A last question. What is your favorite Japanese word or phrase and its meaning? And it, I like the Japanese, I don't even know a word, but 
it's like when I when we roommate use like just a casual like response or because like when I speak English like I still use un sometimes when I was like to don't know like how to respond or you know you could sit there mm, so uh, uh, yeah uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I quite like that and my my it's been really good fun I haven't spoken to you in ages so it's been a really good excuse to to see you and to have a catch up so thanks very much for your time uh, for coming on and, uh, and uh and doing this podcast so yeah really great to see you and take care enjoy your last few months in Sydney and hopefully we'll see you back in Japan soon yeah thank you so much for having me that concludes this episode of the Japan Cricket Podcast hope you enjoyed it special thanks to BRB Monday for providing the musical accompaniment go and check them out on Spotify if you like what you hear I'll make my usual request for ratings and reviews wherever you get your podcast from more in hope than expectation given the pitiful number the show has received so far but I am grateful for those who have done so until next time arigato gozaimashita